It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. After you're finished with today's episode of the Locked On Washington football team podcast, check out the Locked On Fantasy football podcast. Winning your league starts with the right data. Vinny Iyer of the Sporting News provides you the edge you need in your fantasy football leagues. Locked On Fantasy Football is a daily podcast all year round, so your fantasy team never fails. Subscribe to the Locked On Fantasy Football wherever you get podcasts. You are Locked On Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on the Washington football team, the Locked On Washington football team podcast. I'm Dave Harrison, joined as always by Chris Russell, welcoming our returning listeners and our new listeners. If you haven't already, please subscribe or follow the show. Leave a rating, leave a review to help other fans of the franchise find the show just like you did when we're not here. Find Chris over the Team 983, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, and on the Odyssey app. Also covering the Washington football team and writing for SI.com. On Twitter, find Chris at WrestleMania621. Find me at DHarrison82. Find the show at LockedWFTPod. Chris, midweek here, our last short week. Again, uh, for those who are not up to speed, next week we're back to five days a week. Looking forward to that as we get spun up for training camp. Then, of course, actual preseason games. And then football is right around the corner. But what's not around the corner, right around the corner anyway, is a new team name. But it is on the horizon. We have a ballpark. Uh, early 2022 is our ballpark targeted area. We talked about kind of when we think it might happen or when the announcement might be made next year in our previous episode. So if you want to hear that conversation, go ahead and listen to our episode that dropped on Monday. But today, Chris, we're talking about team names and what they might be as well as when it might be released. Yeah. So Jason Wright, the team president, came out on Monday morning just after we dropped our last episode, as you mentioned, uh, in which we knew that he had basically told the Washington Post that the new team name and logo would be out early 2022. We didn't know exactly the, you know, the, the, the specific time frame, but again, early 2022. And assuming that that was true, we knew like they were getting closer and zeroing in on a name. So then on Monday morning, again, after we dropped the last episode, he comes out with a presidential brief and he rules out the name Warriors. And that was a name that I and David, we have talked about this in, in, in recent episodes or in, or in past episodes. Uh, that was a name that I thought would have been a big mistake, a big mistake. And I think you agreed with that as well, but I, I don't want to speak for you. So I'll let you weigh in in just a second. Uh, I personally was happy to see this announcement that Jason Wright made ruling it out. Uh, and 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 talking about some of the reasoning uh, behind it. I know some fans were happy about it. Some fans were not happy about it. I think people inside the building, I think it had a lot of legs, and I think people really wanted that to be the name, ultimately, important people. Uh, and when Jason said this, quote, we made it a priority to run an inclusive process to listen to all voices, This engagement demonstrated to us a consensus that moving forward with no ties to Native American imagery is the right path. Feedback from across communities we engaged 
clearly revealed deep-seated discomfort around warriors with the clear acknowledgement that it too closely aligns with Native American themes. To that end, we will choose an identity that unequivocally departs from any use or of or approximate linkage to Native American imagery. Nonetheless, the organization is reportedly, quote, down to a short list of final names that will eventually be revealed once a single moniker is settled on. So I ask you, with what Jason Wright said and what you feel, how do you feel uh, the, the, the specific ruling out of not only warriors, but again, anything to do with Native American imagery for the new name and new logo is? Yeah, I think I think it's a smart way to go. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, a lot of people are going to look at it and say that Warriors is not a name that would be considered offensive and should be considered offensive and, and all those things. And I understand that. I mean, there's a basketball team. The Golden State Warriors are on the other side uh, of the country. And, you know, nobody is is offended by by that terminology or anything like that. And I don't know the full background of the Golden State Warriors team name and, and all that stuff or how it came about and, and everything else. But you can understand that a team that just had kind of, you know, the, these PR issues and, and some of these issues with their, with their name and racial insensitivity and all that stuff wouldn't want to stay in the same realm of conversation. Now, I can understand why some people in the fan base would like them to stay in the same realm of, uh, you know, name theme because of the history behind the franchise. And, you know, I totally get that. I think the key, though, is really is, is keeping the colors. I think that's kind of the key. I think if I'm you know, leading this charge in the franchise, I'm doing everything I can to keep the colors. You don't want to change them. You know, if in 2022, this franchise comes out in, I don't know, green and black or, or, you know, blue and gold or something like that, I just, I think it's it's going to, do, I mean, they're not going to bankrupt and, and, you know, end up moving to London and becoming the London Monarchs or anything like that. But I think that it just, that will do a lot of damage to the existing fan base that doesn't like the team name change in the first place, but is still, on board with the team, still a fan of the team, still representing, just doing it kind of in their own way. Um, so I think they need to find a way to keep the team colors, whatever it is. But yeah, going away from the Native American imagery, I think it just kind of had to happen. If you're going to change the team name, you have to go that direction. It's not like you know some of these other other teams who haven't gotten away completely from uh, their Native American team mascot or team name roots. Um, if if you're going to wipe it clean, you got to wipe it clean. Yeah, and, and burgundy and gold, I strongly, strongly, strongly believe uh, was never on the table to be changed, right? That is their identity. That is what the Washington football organization, whatever you want to call them, whatever they will be called, that is what they are. And I, I suggested this about a year ago when the name change first happened uh, to an unnamed executive. I'll, I'll, I'll unname him, but but trust me, he's... He's very, you know, high up the chain. I said, you know, look, I said, you got to keep burgundy and gold. I said, that is your connection to the past. And I even suggested a moniker, a slogan uh, that I don't know if you and I have ever discussed. I said, you know, the slogan should be burgundy and gold forever. That's what you're not changing. That's your identity. That's your history. That's your root. That's your everything. Burgundy and gold. Don't ever change the colors and celebrate that because people will buy into that, even if they don't love the new moniker. So uh, I, yep. I think that's 
the way they should go uh, with this. All right, when we come back right here on the Locked On Washington football team podcast, we're going to touch again and get a final prediction on Brandon Sheriff, uh, whose franchise tag deadline is coming up here uh, before our next and final episode uh, of the week and also reveal what are the top three odds-on choices for the new name and why some of them are weird. Let's put it that way. That's next right here on the Locked On Washington football team podcast, along with David Harrison. I'm Chris Ruffs. And we're going to do all that thanks to, in part to our friends over at betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The Tampa Bay Lightning secured the Stanley Cup and the NHL season is over, but baseball is still in full swing. The NBA is still in their finals. You got UFC, MMA action, golf all over the place. Before the next match, over at betonline.ag on your laptop, computer, or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game. Again, head to betonline.ag, sign up today, and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code Locked On. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, along with David Harrison, I'm Chris Russell. Again, you can follow the podcast at Pod. You can follow David at dharrison82, me at Russellmania621. Uh, and we are, again, heading back to the five-episode-a-week schedule starting next week. So we'll have plenty of content, and uh, we're already trying to line up uh, – uh, a couple of names uh, that we will uh, drop uh, as soon as we get official official confirmation uh, as we go through over the next couple of weeks here. Uh, David, just real quickly, we touched on this, obviously, in our, uh, I think, our last episode of last week. But now that the deadline is upon us, and actually, by the time we record a fresh episode, we'll be past the deadline for Brandon Sheriff and franchise tags. We've already seen Allen Robinson, Marcus May of the New York Jets and the Chicago Bears reportedly are not going to get long-term deal done, uh, long-term deals done uh, with their teams by the franchise tag deadline. Again, we both think Brandon Sheriff is not getting a long-term deal. Is there anything that has changed your final prediction? No, I think he he plays the season on the franchise tag. And, and honestly, I think 2022, uh, he's he's probably playing elsewhere. And I am absolutely with you on that. So we will not spend a whole lot of time. And I got to be honest with you. I am, you know, when we were going through the Kirk Cousins franchise tag situation, there was a lot of debate. There was a lot of debate. I mean, we did hours and hours and hours and hours and days of sports talk radio. Nobody cares, quite honestly, about the Brandon Sheriff situation. I mean, nobody cares like nobody's that bothered if he plays his final year out here yeah. uh, probably because he's a guard if he was the quarterback it would be something different right. all right according to uh, a website that i uh, came across they released the top three odds on favorites on tuesday afternoon after warriors was ruled out david uh and um here's the the top three contenders odds on uh favorites if you will uh, Red Wolves, which is the odds-on favorite at plus 150. 
Red Tails, second in line at plus 250. And Presidents at plus 700. Those are the top three choices. And then they also do a category called Implied Chances. Uh, I don't know exactly how they arrive at that, but clearly uh, the Red Wolves have a 40% implied chance. Uh, I guess the odds, basically, that's how they kind of interpret the chances, I guess. Um, the Red Tails, again, plus 250, have a 28.6% implied chance. And the Presidents have 12.5% implied chance. So let's start with this, Red Wolves. I mean, clearly, again, that's the odds-on favorite. Um, do you believe that that is the right choice as the odds-on favorite? Yeah, I, I really do. I, I, Red Wolves, I think, you know, is is honestly, it's my favorite of the remaining options that I've, you know, been reading about and including those three uh, right there. Red Tails, it's got a little bit more history to it, so... There's, there's a draw there. I don't like presidents. Um, I saw another publication say that like monarchs might be in the mix, and I would, uh, I would be be very shocked if if a team based in the nation's capital in this country is named the monarchs. That was, uh, it's it's mm -hmm. a little it's a little weird. I guess is is a good way to put it. But at the same time, presidents. Well, it's, it's very royal family ish, isn't right, it? Right, right. And I would probably stay away from anything political. So like presidents. I, mean, I know presidents isn't like a political party, but you know, mm -hmm. uh, we have, you know, it seems like every election there's one group or another saying that that's not my president. And it's just, you know, I don't want to say right. for the word president is becoming a negative word in this country, but right. I would probably stay away from things politically charged, which, you know, I understand that you're in the nation's capital. So it's, it's kind of comes with the territory, but doesn't mean, you know, the Washington wizards play in the nation's capital. You don't have to be, uh, you know, uh, politically charged. I know the Washington Capitals it, also play right. in the nation's capital. It shouldn't be the – basically your point is it shouldn't be the Washington Republicans, right? right? Republicans, Democrats, you don't want anything right. like that. Um, right. You know, unless they're going to change it every 48 years. I don't know. Um, but, yeah. you know, so Red Wolves is probably my favorite. Look, it's, it's, it's kind of a – it, the name change is already going to be a hot button topic just because it's an NFL franchise name change. And it's this franchise, like this franchise has a lot of history, you know, it, it, it dates back, you know, it's not an expansion, you know, nineties franchise or anything like that. So there's a lot of history in this franchise. So it's going to be significant period, regardless, whatever you do. Um, but Red Wolves is, it's a nice, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a team that we don't see in the NFL. There's not like, you know, a, a Wolves team out there. Uh, at least not that I'm hitting off the top of my head. Uh, unless I'm missing one, so it's a little bit new. Well, well, the tim well, the, there's the timber right of the NBA, yeah. Um, but 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 very different than Red Wolves, right? But in the NFL, there's no, you know, it, it's not too similar to, you know, it, right. it's not like you're naming like the Washington Cowpokes, you know what I mean, right? Um, so and it's it's unlikely to give a charge to any one side of, of this whole thing because even with the Red Tails, even with the history there, I like it. I think it's a good history to lean on. But there is a side of the football watching public that is going to look at it as kind of a pandering type of move. And that's going to cause that fan base, that portion of the fan base to have feelings of some sort of way, whether you agree with them or not, they're, they're, that population does exist out there. So I like Red Wolves just in general, honestly, and I've seen some of the mock-ups of, of logo ideas and I like them. Um, but also in a, with a team in this situation, I just feel like that is the way to move forward. And then 20 years from now, the 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 social circumstances surrounding this entire thing 
won't be remembered, but the Red Wolves franchise, uh, you know, team moniker, hopefully with a couple more Lombardis, will will be uh, carrying forward. Yeah, and, and I think the, t- the the name Red Wolves, you know, they're an endangered species, quite honestly, um, and, and there's a fight for their survival. So, you know, maybe the Red Wolves moniker can help out an endangered species uh, and be, you know, good for you know, animal life and, and, and I guess for the world in general, uh, you know, because it would bring attention and therefore uh, raise funds and certainly yeah. uh, awareness. So there is something positive to be uh, to come out of that name. Now, here's here's the question, right? We've all debated whether red would be a part of the new name, red wolves, red hawks, red um, you know, red hogs, uh, red, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, JP Finley of NBC sports, Washington and one Oh six, seven, the fan on Monday after the news that warriors would be excluded came out and said this on Twitter. So let me run this past you and see if this changes any of your perspective quote, gotten lots of texts and tweets about the new name for Washington. Now that warriors is out to me, the new name will definitely not include quote unquote red in any way at all period end quote end tweet when he says that that doesn't sound to me and i haven't talked to jp he's on vacation Mm -hmm. that doesn't sound to me like an opinion right that means like somebody told him that right is that how you interpret that and if we're interpreting it that way then we have to basically eliminate Red Wolves, right? Yeah, I mean that's that's the way it sounds to me. Is that JP is is stating that as a, you know a report? Call what call what you want. I mean, um, which leaves a uh, a list of names that I, I don't know. I don't think as many people are going to be as desirable. You know, they're not going right. to see them as desirable. But again, it's uh, you know the the thing about the NFL is they're powerful enough to withstand a lot of things. And even if, you know, a large portion or a majority of the fan base is not happy with the new team name, just like watch. I mean, when watch the football team came out, it was it was a, it was a joke. You know, what I mean, everybody, including the fan base themselves, was laughing at it. But as we got towards the end of the season, I mean, there's people now who want it to stay. They want the franchise to just stay Washington football team. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. But, you know, so we're only a year away from that. So, I mean, you know, five years from now, whatever the team name being, you know, it, it may it may not sit well with the fan base or even the media immediately, but five years from now, again, if the team is competitive, winning, maybe has a Lombardi in that in that span, it's going to start sounding you know more and more familiar. Yeah, and just wrapping up this conversation, I'd rather have a team that is not po- a team name that is not popular with some of the fan base, maybe even half the fan base, whatever. And, and maybe even gets made fun of by stupid pundits around the country, then have something that's offensive and something that they're going to have to change again and something that's going to keep this debate, this issue uh, on the front burner. I'd rather have something that some people, maybe even a large group of people don't like instead of this. So just keep that uh, in mind. Yeah. And again, if red if red wolves, you know, maybe you can do wolves. Yeah, I mean, they can be the wolves, red, but you know, some. Yeah, but the the problem is, is Martin McCauley, who's a a uh, uh, what they call and refer to as a trademark squatter, he has the rights to that. So uh, I don't even know if they're going to be able to do that. 
um, which was kind of like my workaround to it until I discovered that he has the trademark yeah. rights yeah. Uh, to that. So, I mean, this issue uh, goes on. All right, when we return, uh, we are going to uh, take a look at the wide receivers for this football team as we head into camp should be a really, really interesting battle. David and I are going to start doing some training camp previews as we draw ever closer to the team reporting to Richmond uh, in less than two weeks. That's next right here on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. But first, did you know that Built Bar has many delicious flavors? As a matter of fact, there's something for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. Coconut, Cherry Barcia, uh, Coconut Almond, Raspberry, Mint Brownie, Dumbled Chocolate, Salted Caramel, Strawberry, uh, Orange, Cookies and Cream, uh, German Chocolate. Got some new flavors in here uh, that they're moving around. Um, you want to know what my favorite flavor is? Well, I think you know. I talked about it. Peanut butter, chocolate. But but uh, while David's is mint, I, I told you guys that I like the birthday cake with sprinkles. And guess what? I found it at BuiltBar.com, but in mini birthday cake with sprinkle bites. Built Bar bites. Yes, baby. I got that and I got a triple mixed box. Oh yeah. I can't wait for my new order to come in for Built Bar. And you can get involved in the action too. Whatever your favorite flavor is, they're low in calories, low in sugar, low in net carbs, high in protein, whatever you want. You want the grasshopper cookie one, you want raspberry, whatever you like, go right now to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off just like I did off your order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Final segment here, Locked On Washington Football Team Podcast on this mid-week episode. David Harrison and Chris Russell on Twitter at dharrison82 at russellmany 61 Locked On Washington Football Team Podcast on Twitter at LockedWFTPod. And Chris, we're going to continue our, our conversation, our recapping of ESPN's uh, rankings here, starting with or going with the offensive tackles here again. Uh, for those of you who have been missing it, we've been uh, profiling these rankings that have been coming out. Jeremy Fowler of ESPN is writing these up. They've polled. 50 league executives, coaches, scouts, and players to help them uh, develop this 10-man list of, of rankings by a position group. And then they have a list of honorable mentions. Uh, looking at this offensive tackles list, starting off number one, Trent Williams, very familiar name in, in these decks of the woods. Uh, San Francisco 49ers offensive tackle, David Bakhtiari coming in second for the Green Bay Packers with Laramie Tunsil third place, Teron Armstead coming in fourth while Ronnie Stanley is Fifth place there from the Baltimore Ravens. Makai Becton comes in sixth from the New York Jets. Taylor Lewan has been doing it for a minute. Of the Tennessee Titans is seventh. Tristan Wirfs of the Buccaneers is eighth. Tyron Smith, the Cowboys, ninth. Ryan Ramchek of the New Orleans Saints comes in in the tenth place to round out the list. So no Washington football team members. And, Chris, no Washington football team members in the honorable mentions either. 
Yeah, I, not that we should be surprised. I mean, with Morgan Moses, and he wasn't going to make this list anyway, but then he gets released. Obviously, you're not going to include Cornelius Lucas or the rookie Sam Cosme. And really, the only question was new left tackle Charles Leno. And like you said, David, he does not uh, make this list, even in the honorable mention. You know, the the one thing that I would uh, the, the, that I would say about Leno that is important to me is now, knock on wood, he's started 93 straight games. So that's important to me. It should be more important to, uh, I, I guess, to other people. But other people, for whatever reason, don't value durability uh, like I do. I mean, listen, I covered Trent Williams from the day he walked in the door. Uh, I know Trent very well. I know he's a great player. He's obviously had some off-the-field issues early in his career. He's had a lot of injuries. But, I mean – is he number one? Listen, when he's healthy, he's the best. Uh, there's no doubt about it. But I would rather have, you know, there's a couple of guys on this list, quite honestly, as good as Bakhtiari is, coming off of a torn ACL late in the year. Might not even be ready for week one. Um, you look at um, Ronnie Stanley coming off of a bad knee injury. Again, who knows how good he's going to be. You look at Taylor Lewan at seven. Again, blown out knee. Now, he was earlier in the year, so he might be ready to go. But you don't know how these guys are going to be once they come back, right? Not everybody recovers the same. So there's three guys on this list that are coming off of very, 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 very significant uh, injuries. And then and then just Tyron Smith, right? So I can make an argument, quite honestly, that while Charles Leno is not on this list, I'll make an argument that he should be at least, at least in the offensive tackles also receiving votes, if not in the honorable mention. I mean, he, he should be because durability counts yeah. for something. He's good, not great. I understand that, but durability counts for something. Yeah, it goes back to the availability is the greatest ability, you know, mantra. And and there's, there's a, 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 a mark of truth in that. I mean, you look at, you know, number eight, Tristan Wirfs. This guy was a rookie last year. His highest ranking on this poll was second overall. And, you know, Tristan Wirfs was was great as a right tackle for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but I think a second place vote really shows you more about the tackle population in the National Football League. Uh, and you know, kind of sticking with the Buccaneers theme, when when Bucks fans wanted to run Donovan Smith out of town three years ago, uh, I remember James Yarko and I were locked on Bucks. We kept telling people, like, listen, we we truly believe there are not thirty two starting caliber left tackles in the National Football League. So if you have one of them, even a bottom tier starting left tackle in the National Football League, but he is a a starting caliber left tackle. You keep him, and this this list honestly kind of supports that theory because, like you said, there's a lot of guys on here that I mean, Tyron Smith alone, like you mentioned, I mean, his lowest ranking off the ballot. There, so there's people who didn't even vote for him as one of the top, you know, honorable honorable mentions or, or otherwise uh, coming off that neck neck injury. Yeah, here he is overall ranked number nine. So if if a guy who's got such a, a serious injury that he's returning from that some people don't even put him on the list of top tackles in the league is number nine overall when it's all said and done. That shows you kind of the drought and and, and the problem that is, is facing the tackle position. So it also shows you why you see teams, at least some teams, I mean, somehow Ryan Conklin gets out of Tennessee, but or Jack Conklin, sorry, gets out of Tennessee. But if you have one of those tackles, you got to do everything you can in your power to keep a hold of them. Absolutely. All right. Finishing up this episode of the Locked on Washington football team podcast. Time for a quick look at the wide receivers. David, I don't think we would argue that Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, 
Diami Brown, the third round pick, the second of two third round picks out of North Carolina are three locks. I view Adam Humphreys as a lock, Mm -hmm. assuming that he's healthy and he's had some health injuries. So he's not a 100% lock, but do you view him as a football lock uh, and therefore make four locks out of the group? Is that how you kind of approach it? Yeah. If he can play, he's, he's on the roster. That's the way I look at him. Okay. So, so now the question is, again, whether they take five or six receivers. Right. And it'll be one or the other. They're not going to take seven, as some people are talking about. I think Cam Sims, because of his special teams ability mm-hmm. and his production down the stretch last year, a good on third downs, good on crossing routes, slant routes over the middle, that type of thing. I think he is not a lock, but I think he's a pretty good shoe-in. Right. For my fifth guy, do you agree with that over the others? Yeah, I think he's the first guy, you know, outside the lock group, kind of like, you know, going like March Madness theme. He's the, he's the first right. guy out of that group, but, you know, that means he's still got a chance to, to be in there. And then I, I don't honestly, I don't know if Calvin Hartman would be above Antonio Gandy Golden. I mean, in, in some aspects, you could definitely make that argument. But at the same time, again, availability is the greatest ability. And the fact that Antonio Gandy Golden even, with some of the struggles that he's had has some familiarity and all that stuff. I think that helps him a little bit. So I'd probably give him the edge in that last spot. If, you know, if they, if they went that far. Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing. I mean, you have Kelvin Harmon, like you mentioned, you have Antonio Gandy golden, you have Steven Sims jr. You have Dax Milne who can help you as a punt returner. Um, I think they'll take six somehow mm-hmm. because I think there's too much talent and they want depth there. Uh, but you can't have depth at every position. Right. We're super depth, but I think they'll find a way to take six. And if they take a sixth guy and if our top five are the guys we mentioned, who's your sixth guy as mm. we enter camp? I personally like Kelvin Harmon just in a vacuum more, but right now until we start seeing more, uh, you know, as far as actual play is concerned, I got to go Antonio Gandy-Golden. Okay. And that makes sense. Fourth round pick out of Liberty banged up a lot last year, uh, but certainly was picked by this staff. Right. I'm going to go with Dax Milne. Nice. BYU. Nice. I definitely thought I'm about it. Take a shot. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to take a shot here. Uh, punt returner, they can't trust Steven Sims uh, there. They have really nobody else that is dynamic at it or good enough at it. Milne, is good enough at it. Uh, he was not used heavily in that role at BYU because he was too good as a receiver and they needed him more in that regard. We know that's a physically demanding position. Uh, also, I don't trust Steven Sims. I think Antonio Gandy-Golden, you know, disappointed them last year in terms of health and all that stuff and production. Uh, and I don't know if Kelvin Harmon, you know, he wasn't fast enough before the knee injury. I don't know where he's going to be post-knee injury. So that's our little look at the wide receivers. We'll have more coverage and more unit previews as we go along. All right, this is the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, as always, if you want to hit us up with a voicemail, we'd love to have you participate. Uh, We had a good run of them. Keep them coming. 301 615 3577 301 615 3577 or lockedwftpod at gmail.com. That's going to do it for us. For David Harrison, I'm Chris This is the Locked On Washington Football Team Podcast. If- 
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.